Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero. Radio, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, five nights a week after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com and tstradio at protonmail.com are the emails. tstradio or tst underscore underscore radio on Twitter and The Secret Teachings on Facebook. If you search The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast application or player, You'll find the show you can listen and download for free after the main broadcast Monday through Friday. If you don't want to listen to those annoying advertisements, you can subscribe to our main archive with our montages, my digital books, and a private RSS feed at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. As most of you know, I am here in the state of Arizona, which is in the national spotlight due to the fact that our largest county is having a very difficult time tallying the votes for numerous races in the midterm elections. All of these races, for the most part, started out Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, being heavily in favor of the Democrats in every single category. And that's because they were counting initially mail-in ballots. Now, throughout the night Tuesday, we started to see those massive leads dwindle just a little bit, particularly for the governor for the state of Arizona. At about 3.30 in the morning, this was technically Wednesday morning, about 3.30 a.m., the number of votes that were in percentage-wise were 58%. The difference between the two candidates running for governor, about 0.6%, less than a single percent. I think it was somewhere around 100,000 or somewhere around 100,000. And that number just kept dwindling and dwindling and dwindling until it fell to about 3,000 last night. As of this morning, and as of late last night when the votes were no longer counted officially from Maricopa County, it stood at about a difference of 11,000. Now, Maricopa County has about half a million. I'm hearing different numbers. I'm hearing 400, I'm hearing 800,000 ballots as of this morning to count and to go through. And they've had little tiny drops Throughout the day, the percentage kind of changes a little bit here or there. But generally speaking, only about three quarters of the ballots have actually been counted. And what they have left are paper ballots that were sent in the mail, but people didn't send them back through the mail. They were brought back to the boxes on election day. And those ballots are, it's assumed, overwhelmingly at least two to one, in favor of Republicans here in the state of Arizona. That would assume, that would mean that the very small leads that the Democrats have in the state of Arizona should evaporate today and tomorrow and all this weekend and God knows how long. Now that's just the basic information that we hear about here on the news in Arizona 
and that you're probably hearing about in part nationally if you've been following along with elections, which although I'm not someone who has traditionally voted, as I've become more informed, I've decided to start voting. And there are people of both parties that I like and people of both parties that I don't like. I listen to what they say, I read their policies, and then I make an informed decision. I don't just vote a straight ticket. And I don't just vote on what the little handout papers tell me to vote on. Vote yes on this, vote no on that. Vote for these Democrats, vote for these Republicans. I like to be informed. I like to read and I like to see what policies uh, these people are proposing, to what problems we have, and then make a choice based on that. And I think that a lot of Americans are like that, especially people that go vote in person and especially people that don't trust that their ballots are going to be counted. So they bring them in person down on Election Day to the boxes. Now, despite the fact that Joe Biden had received in the 2020 election all these tens of millions of votes, massive voter turnout, regardless of what you think about that, the fact is 80% of the country, 80%, 80% of the country does not trust that elections are free and fair, according to an ABC poll and according to a number of other polls Throughout this entire year, it's, it's about 80% of the country does not trust that elections are free and fair. 20% therefore say that they are confident in the system. Now, I'm wondering how so many millions of people can vote for Joe Biden, and yet 80% of the country on average, you know, these are statistics that can be distorted intentionally or otherwise. They can give false impressions of what people actually think. Is it exactly 20 and 80? No. But roughly speaking, about 8 out of 10 people don't trust that elections are fair. That's a massive number. Is there any correlation between that and the way that people feel about other things? Yes. A recent Gallup poll, a recent Gallup survey, very respected survey, found that 79% of Americans are dissatisfied with the direction of the country. In other words, 80% don't trust that elections are fair and 79% don't like the direction of the country. Now, for all the people that voted for Joe Biden, perhaps a lot of them recognized, hey, this isn't our guy. And I regret my vote. Perhaps that's happened. That contributes to why people don't trust perhaps the voting system or they don't like the direction of the country or something to that effect. But we have a lot of people that are really upset. That's the point. A lot of people that are really angry. Likewise, Joe Biden's approval rating is somewhere in the mid 30 percentile range consistently. And it's actually gone down this week. It goes up a little bit. It goes down a little bit. Obviously, numbers can be played with. Statistics can give us false impressions. But When you have the consistency of such a low approval rating, you have the consistency of so many people so dissatisfied and so many people not trusting the system, you would imagine that based on the standard polarized political system of left and right, a lot more people on the right would have maybe won. And a lot more people on the right maybe did win, but we're going to need a lot of time to figure out who actually won. At least that's what we're being told here in Arizona. That's what we've been told across the country. 
And I think part of the problem is, is very historical. For example, when this country was founded, and there's a lot of confusion about this today as a result of misunderstandings of what the Electoral College is. One of the biggest debates that was had at the Constitutional Convention was whether or not small states like Rhode Island or small states like New Jersey would have some type of equal representation in government as bigger states like New York or Pennsylvania. It shouldn't be allowed that New York or Pennsylvania get to decide how Rhode Island and New Jersey live their lives and what laws they have to abide by. That should be up to the people of New Jersey and Rhode Island in the same way that it should be up to the people of New York and Pennsylvania. So it was about big states and small states. We're facing a similar problem today, except it's not so much big states and small states. It's big cities and bigger countryside. It's big, sprawling urban areas and then the rest of the population. If you look at New York, New York is a blood-red state, politically speaking. But because of Rochester, Buffalo, New York City, uh, you got Albany thrown in there as well. Because of this, maybe Syracuse, these big cities, they dictate the direction of the rest of the state. And it's not like a few people live outside of those cities. A lot of people live out. We take out New York City, and most people live outside of the cities, depending on what state you're in. You go to Oregon. Oregon's the same. Oregon is almost 100% red. It's just Portland that's blue. And there are counties in Oregon that are trying to become part of Idaho. They just voted on this because they're just tired of the way that Oregon is run. And large parts of this country are run the same way by big cities. And although there are bigger rural communities, they don't have the super high concentration of people. So as a result, they have to abide by what the cities decide in the same way that there was an argument against this and we ended up having a solution to this problem hundreds of years ago. New York doesn't get to tell New Jersey how to live. And California doesn't get to tell Rhode Island how to live. They make up their minds for themselves. Now, if we had like a month or two notice that there was going to be a meteor, an asteroid that was going to potentially strike the Earth, we like to think in Hollywood terms that we would get together, we'd get Bruce Willis and we'd put him on a shuttle and we'd send him up to space and he'd blow the rock up. Uh, or they would try to push it off course, maybe crash something into it, knock it off course, just a little nudge. And, uh, you know, the, the closer this thing got and the less amount of time we had to deal with it, obviously the chances of it striking us would be much greater. But you can imagine that if, if the estimate in the movie was like, let's say, you know, 8 billion people were going to be wiped out, pretty much everybody on the planet, minus maybe a, a few handful of people that survive, that's an extinction-level event. But if we could maybe move it off course or blow some of it up and we could lessen that impact, maybe only 2 or 3 billion people would die. Not a happy thing, devastating, but we would save billions of people. And if we were able to move this rock out of the way, blow it up or push it out of the way, and some of the debris still hit the earth and billions died, at least we saved other people. We did our best in the amount of time that we had. We were still pretty successful in diverting an apocalyptic Armageddon-like end-of-the-world extinction-level event. This is what we imagine we would do as a 
as a people. We would all come together and, and, and find a solution to the problem. Same thing with aliens, you know. Our problems would disappear if we were faced with an alien threat. But what about when you have a consistent and obvious uh, election that is upcoming? You know it's going to to occur. You know people are coming to vote. Uh, I mean, it's it. Another example, like it's like Halloween. It, it would be like you run out of candy with the first three kids that come. Oh, I didn't prepare enough candy. Well, but you knew kids were coming, so why didn't you get more candy? It's as simple as that. How is it that all across this country, from Pennsylvania to Arizona, voting centers just ran out of paper? I, I mean, I get it. I get things happen. That's not a conspiracy. The reason I'm doing tonight's show is I want to be objective about this. It's not a conspiracy that some polling center, some voting center runs out of paper. That's not a conspiracy. That's an oversight. It's an issue that they just didn't didn't get enough paper. They estimated few people, fewer people voting than actually voted. You know, something, something happened. It was an error. Most of the people that work and volunteer, they're not involved in some big conspiracy at least consciously, they're people that they like our system of democracy and they want to volunteer to uphold that system of democracy and they want to be a part of that system of democracy and they want to give back to their community as part of that system of democracy. They're not involved in some big conspiracy. They're not evil people. So let's get that out of the way first. Okay, most of the people that are working at these places, they're not evil, they're not malicious, they're people that want to participate and want to help, and they're, they're good people is the point, generally speaking. They're, they're good people, they're decent people. So when a place um, that you go to vote doesn't have paper, or all the, you know, the, the voting machines seem to be taking only three quarters of the ballots, or tabulators go down it's 20 plus percent in maricopa county i think it's like it came out to be 28 percent of all the tabulators were down and uh when you have so many people showing up to vote and being told well you're not going to be able to do that right now you'll have to wait and then people leave because they got to go to work or whatever the case is and you know to me that could be argued as a form of voter suppression even if it was you know if it's unintentional uh, perceptually whatever side is is uh seemingly being potentially screwed out of those votes is going to see that as, you know, election fraud or something to that effect. So, you know, if election was, you know, a meteor, we would respond to it better than we would an election. We, we, it's like we're not prepared for something that we should have been prepared for. Um, and this isn't even a, you know, a thing where you have, you have you know millions of people working for you across the country at a federal level, and we know that the federal government tends to do things inconsistently and inefficiently. We're talking about small, local places that are set up for you to go vote, and they can't get it together. A lot of that has to do with the Secretary of State. A lot of that has to do with just general standard what you would imagine to happen at at least a couple places on election day things are chaotic things are new for new volunteers and new people that are working so 
you're going to have those kinds of problems. Here in Arizona right now, Maricopa County is telling us we need to wait for the votes to come in. And uh, we need to wait for those votes to be counted. So they started with the mail-in ballots. Tuesday night, it gave the Democrats a huge lead. As the night went on Tuesday, that lead evaporated into, for the governor, the race I'm following most closely, it evaporated to from like a quarter million plus to a little over 100,000. And then when I woke up Wednesday mornings, about 9.30 a.m., so it's about six hours from the previous update, that lead had evaporated even more to the point where the Republican, Carrie Lake, had about um, about a one-point deficit. She had been down at one point, 15 points. And then she's only down by about a point. As it stands today, this morning when I woke up, only about 70% of the vote was still in. 70% of the vote, by the way, was in Wednesday. They only released about a percent of the vote over the last 24 plus hours. Little tiny pieces today, little tiny pieces here or there, but only about a percent of the vote as of this morning had actually been had actually been um, uh, released. So they have 30% of, 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 of their ballots sitting there. And with 30% of the ballots sitting there, those ballots largely are from people that took their ballots and brought them to the centers and dropped them off because they don't trust the mail or whatever. It was more convenient or whatever the reason was. Now, we think that those ballots are going to heavily favor Republicans in all the races. So what the media has done here in Arizona is they've pretty much issued a blackout. You keep getting the same updates that Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, is up by all these points. But when you look at the actual tracker, it's, it's like 11,000 votes roughly. It was 3,000 at one point. And then sometime late last night, it jumped a few thousand more. But it's within very, very close proximity. It's, it's about a point difference. Now, I want to tell you from what I've read and what I've experienced and what I've seen, I think that the waiting, we're told to wait. We're told to make sure that we're cautious and aware that they need time to count the legal ballots and they need to do it you know, lawfully and, and accurately. And all that's fine. I get that. I understand that. But I think that the waiting is purposeful for a different reason. I think the purpose behind the waiting doesn't necessarily have anything to do with who wins and who loses or who is projected to win and therefore who is projected to lose. The purpose of these delays, I think, is to erode faith in the system. You see, not everything has to be rigged. You only need nudges of a few percent here or there. You need select reports from the media. Here in Arizona, they keep talking about how Katie Hobbs has this massive lead, but when you look at the statistics, it's less than a point. What you need is talking points like trust the system, trust the process, which when you put your glasses on, it just says obey. For something to be rigged, 
we're talking about a lot of different things. For something to be fraud, we're talking about a lot of different things. And there's a difference between rigging and fraud. And there's a difference between rigging, fraud, and deceit, which is what the media has contributed to. Very deceitful practices to create these deceptive narratives. You only need a little nudge. You only need those talking points. You only need a select type of reporting from the media. And you need victory speeches. You need victory speeches before anything's even been counted. The Democrat running for re-election for the Senate in Arizona, Mark Kelly, the astronaut, maybe he should go up and on the shuttle and blow the asteroid up. He gave a victory speech Tuesday night, when at the time, less than half, from what I've read, from what I've seen, half the ballots were counted and in. And the big county, Maricopa, just hit 70% last night. He gave a victory speech Tuesday night. He won. But Arizona is still yet to decide who the next senator will be. It's too close to call, and yet he gave a victory speech. People say rigging. People say fraud. People say it's deceit. People say there are illegal things happening. But that's not how this all works. And these words, unless you choose them very carefully and apply them to specific situations where the definition matches the situation, what you're dealing with here is something different. You're dealing with an attempt to get people to lose their faith in the way that the system works. You're dealing with electioneering, like we saw in Philadelphia, putting signs up and posters up at the entrance to the voting center handing out flyers to people as they walk in here, vote for these Democrat candidates, vote for these Democrat candidates, vote for these Democrat candidates. It's, it's on video. You're dealing with electioneering. You're dealing with tabulators unable to process votes, which therefore justifies very, very, very long delays in the calculation part of the, of the election. How many votes... Did we get, and how many went to this person, how many went to that person? So, electioneering, tabulators being down. Therefore, turning people away because, well, the tabulators aren't working. You'll have to come back later. Or turning people away because paper isn't available. There's no paper available. This happened in Pennsylvania. This happened in Arizona. They just, oops, they ran out of paper. Now, it could be an honest mistake. Could be an honest mistake. But in those cases where they ran out of paper, something so simple, it's not like calibrating a voting machine. Something so simple can have a very dramatic effect on the outcome of an election. You don't have to rig things and hack things These types of things are certainly possible. You just don't have enough paper at a few places. You just have to break a few laws that nobody really recognizes in a few places, and you can dramatically change the outcome of the election, even if it's perceptually. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Stay with us. We're going to get very detailed tonight about what is going on. There's a lot more after this, as I said, so don't go anywhere. I think you're going to enjoy tonight's show. 
The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. So tonight on The Secret Teachings, we are building a structure. We're building a, a building. And we need a lot of building material to build that building. So we're starting with a foundation. So we know where we're going to be going from that foundation as we build up the walls and we complete the structure. According to a Gallup poll, 79% of Americans are very upset with the direction of the country. According to another poll, ABC News, 20% of the public, which means 80% on the other side, 20% of the public are confident about elections, meaning 80% are not confident about elections, about the safety, the integrity, and all that. So that's about 8 out of 10 people who are not satisfied with the system and who do not believe that the country is going in the right direction. Those are consistent numbers across polls and surveys. Eight out of ten, not happy with elections, not happy with the direction of the country. So based on those polls and based on everything else that you've seen, everything else you've heard, everything else you've experienced, your gas, your food, your rent, and all this, you would think that the party and the politicians in charge would try to convince you that things are going to get better which they were for a while. First, it was nothing's wrong. Then, okay, something's wrong. Things are expensive, but we're going to release strategic oil reserves. We're going to cut gas taxes, which, by the way, that actually never happened federally. They just said they were going to do it. Okay, we're going to try to fix these problems and come up with solutions. Then 
it turned into there's no such thing as the word inflation. The whole thing was made up. Whole thing was made up. Republicans taught you about the word inflation. We heard this on the news the other night, right? Republicans taught you about the word inflation. It's a made up word. The only people I ever heard hear use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. We were told that we were supposed to go by Chef Boyardee and generic raisin brands. So now the narrative kind of shifts. It's not that there's nothing going on. It's not that we're just going to try to fix it. It's you should just be happy with what you have. Shut up. Eat your generic cereal. Eat your Chef Boyardee. Keep your mouth shut. And you'll get your universal basic income. Now it's shifted again. And this is happening, rapid, happening rapidly. Now it's not just be happy with what you have. They're doubling down on this. When Joe Biden was asked, hey, what are you going to do in the next two years to solve these problems? Hey, there aren't any problems. I'm not going to do anything. What in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in 2024? Nothing. Nothing. Why would he do anything? Things are going smoothly. Inflation doesn't exist. There are no problems at the pump or at the grocery store or when you pay your rent. There's no problems anywhere. So why would you do anything different? If the people in charge were not getting what they wanted out of their power, they would do something differently. Obviously, they are getting exactly what they want out of their power. They are getting the public, whether that's economically, or it's an election issue, to distrust the system as it stands, to distrust a constitutional republic. This is meant to erode faith in the system. Look, capitalism just doesn't work. Capitalism doesn't work, so you have to eat generic cereal, which is laughable when you think about it because we have so much abundance. Having to eat generic cereal is considered a very you know, weird thing. When we can't afford uh, you know, to buy groceries, it's not that it's bad if you're buying generic cereal or weird. It's, that it's weird that politicians would tell you, well, we're not going to fix the problems, just buy generic cereal. That's what's weird. And when they tell you that you need to do those things and you need to be patient, very patient, very, very, very patient, like very, very quiet, very calm. I don't want you to ask any questions. I don't want you to really think about what's going to happen. We were told last week, when we saw all these news reports, we saw all these talking heads, we saw all these politicians, we saw Joe Biden say that we need to just wait. We need to wait to see who's going to win. It's going to take some time to count the ballots legally. It's actually going to take a lot of time to count those ballots. It could take several days to count those ballots. And we want to make sure that we get those ballots counted legally. We want Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. 
We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. And we know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. Now, here is a very strange inconsistency in what Joe Biden is saying here. This was said on November 2nd, so this was about a week ago. He's saying that we need to wait to see who the winners are because we have a lot of mail-in ballots. I'm going to play it for you again. We have a lot of mail-in ballots, and they don't start counting those until after the polls close. Take a listen to that again. It's very, very important, especially because of what's happening here in Arizona. We're going to get into that in just a second. Every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. And we know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. Now, these are legitimate ballots counted in a legal and orderly manner, Joe Biden says. So let's translate that to what's happening here in Arizona to give you an idea of what's happening here in the state in relation to what Joe Biden said. Very few states are having the trouble that Arizona is having. Arizona is having a lot of trouble because Arizona, apparently, only in one big county, Maricopa, can't get enough paper, can't get their tabulators to work, and need 24-hour periods of time to count 1% of the ballots. Here's another inconsistency. Joe Biden said it's going to take a long time in some of these places. We're being told here in Arizona it's going to take until tomorrow night, end of the weekend, to count the ballots. That's what we're being told. And as of this morning, only 70% roughly, I see different numbers, it's about 70%, I've seen 68 71%, it's about 70% of the ballots have been counted in Maricopa County. But the issue is this. It's almost laughable if it wasn't so tragic. Maricopa County already counted the mail-in ballots. In fact, most counties already counted the mail-in ballots. These were the first ballots they counted after the polls closed. This is what gave Democrats in Arizona a massive, huge, enormous, lumbering lead. This is what led to the mainstream media and to the local media claiming that Democrats were going to sweep Arizona. This is what led to Mark Kelly, the Democrat senator running for re-election, giving a victory speech Tuesday night. How can they be so confident that they're going to win? You give a victory speech before they even counted the election day ballots? Maybe it's not that they're confident they're going to win. Maybe it's part of a strategy to convince you that they've won. So if there are any inconsistencies and somebody else points that out, then they're an election denier. Perhaps that's part of the reason. So Joe Biden says they're going to count these mail-in ballots after the polls close, right? And they did do that in Arizona. But then why, as Joe Biden said, would it take several days to count all those ballots when in Arizona, probably the worst state because of one of the worst counties in the country, Maricopa, they already counted those mail-in ballots. That was 
pretty simple, pretty easy. They did that the night of. I was up until 3 o'clock in the morning, Wednesday. One of the last updates, about 3, 3.30 a.m. before I went to sleep. They counted all the mail-in ballots. Those mail-in ballots, they counted those so fast. No issues, so quick, so consistency, so consistently, so legally, so lawfully, so perfect, so amazing, so terrific to make sure the Democrats had massive leads, of course. Now with 70% in and 30% still to be counted, we know that the rest of those ballots to be counted are mail ballots that were dropped off in person. So here's how it works. The mail-in ballots that are sent through the mail are overwhelmingly Democrat. The mail-in ballots and the election day ballots, those that are dropped off and those that are actually filled out on location, those are overwhelmingly Republican. So as Tuesday night transitioned into Wednesday morning and Wednesday morning transitioned into Wednesday night and into this morning, into this afternoon, We saw all the mail-in ballots were already counted. So as Joe Biden said, that can't be the reason then, because uh, the reason that it's taking so long, because uh, he said it's going to be mail-in ballots that take long to count. They already counted those. What they're taking long to count are the ballots that were put into the system day of, election day ballots. What's, What's taking so long to count are the ballots that were dropped off to the system day of largely because people didn't trust the mail. Do you see the inconsistency here? We're going to need to wait several days because of the mail-in ballots, but they already counted the mail-in ballots. We're not waiting on mail-in ballots here in Maricopa County. We're waiting on them to count the election day ballots, and largely it's about 250, 275,000 drop-off ballots. That's really important. And they just keep telling us to wait. Wait, just wait, wait, trust the system. Wait, wait, wait. The waiting is purposeful. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with who wins and who loses. I think that's important to note. I don't think this has anything to do with who wins and who loses any of these elections, particularly here in Arizona, because this is a state that's probably going to determine what party has control of the U.S. Senate. I think the purpose of these delays is to erode faith in the system. You know, not everything has to be rigged. Not everything has to be a talking point. Not everything has to be political. All you need to, quote, rig an election is a few nudges in the right direction. Because elections are like gravity. They just need a little push. To victory. If you have the media selecting data and selecting certain images and certain videos and certain statements to craft a narrative, well, there's one of your nudges. When you have Democrat senators giving victory speeches before even half of the total votes are counted, then you have something that is akin to, well, You're tampering with the public's perception of the election. When you have talking points like trust the system, trust the process, trust democracy, these are talking points that are meaningless. How can I trust something that is so inconsistent? 
something that is so open to fraud and dishonesty, how can I trust that? When you have systems that are down on election day, you can't run your ballots through, or they run out of paper. These are the nudges. Just a little nudge here, a little nudge there. And when we use words like rigged or fraud or stolen, depending on the context of the usage of those words, we are doing ourselves and other people and democracy a gross disfavor. What we're doing is we're using words that might not apply to what is actually happening. Running out of paper might not be election tampering or election fraud. It might just be a mistake. But running out of paper can also be engineered to occur at certain specific locations. Running out of paper isn't illegal. Locations where you have a heavy influx of Republican voters. So knowing that people can't stand in line all day, although legally if they stand there, you have to let them vote even after the polls close. So if they're standing there in line, you run out of the paper and people have to go to work or go do something else, they might decide not to come back and vote. And you do this, as we've seen in largely Republican areas, especially here in Phoenix, here in Arizona. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the rigging or the fraud or the types of things that are really talking points of the political right and the political left for that matter. All you have to do is run out of paper. All you have to do is have a few machines break down to justify longer and longer delays. All you have to do is if you're in Philadelphia, just break a few little laws. Put up your campaign posters at the entrance to the voting center, as we saw with Fetterman. Hire people to hand out vote for Fetterman, vote for Democrat pamphlets as they walk in to the voting center, which is completely illegal. You can't be within 75 feet. You can't campaign within 75 feet or have discussions about this stuff within 75 feet of the, of the poll of where you go to vote. Electioneering. Just a little illegal activity. Tabulators unable to process votes, justifying longer delays, turning people away because there's not enough paper. And doing so in specific areas where one party tends to vote heavier. And with all the confusion... And with the media's portrayal of anyone who questions the confusion, you create a narrative of just wait, no matter what happens, no matter how inconsistent it is, no matter how perhaps fraudulent it is, or how rigged it looks, don't ask questions because that makes you a bad person, that means you hate democracy, that means you're suppressing votes, etc., here in Arizona, for example, Carrie Lake's campaign, with all the confusion and the way the media has portrayed her campaign as being only about elections, which it hasn't been, they've made it about that. The narrow margin that Katie Hobbs had two days ago has become even more narrow. We're talking about a few thousand votes, just razor thin, as are all these elections here in Arizona, for the most part, razor thin. Now, they started with massive Democrat leads because they counted all those mail-in ballots. Now it's taking forever to count the day of ballots, the drop-offs and the ones you actually fill out. 
which is contrary to what Joe Biden said. Joe Biden said it was going to take a lot of time, right? A lot of time because of why? Well, because we have to count those mail-in ballots, right? We have to count those mail-in ballots, but they already counted those mail-in ballots. So something strange is going on here. The razor-thin margins um, might just be chance, might just be total coincidence. Or it could be that certain counties are only counting certain types of ballots, knowing that they're more this party or that party at certain times to craft a narrative. And that would be a conspiracy. And it wouldn't necessarily be illegal. It's not illegal to count, you know, to, to count ballots and, and say, well, we've got a batch of ballots here. We're going to release those numbers and then those numbers we're going to release later. It's not, it's not illegal to say, well, we've got 10,000 ballots. We're going to drop that statistic right now and we'll drop the other one later. But when you're pre-selecting certain groups to drop at certain times, then things get a little suspicious. As we get down to the bottom of it, 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 it seems as if there is just incompetence or that there's negligence. But then you find that the incompetence and the negligence has a kind of intelligence to it. That a free and fair election just needs time to be processed correctly. And if you don't trust the system, then you are eroding faith in the system. People won't trust democracy anymore if you don't allow us to count the way that we want to count. The point is not really about red or blue, certainly not about red or blue waves. It's about an eroding of faith in the system as it stands to turn it into a third world banana republic. That's what I think it's all about. I read an article earlier today from uh, the ABC News outlet, and this was from about three weeks ago. And I thought that it was a strange article because it says this, ballot paper shortage could cause problems on election day. In other words, a week before the election, election officials already knew that there were ballot paper shortages. Nobody informed the public and told us here in Arizona, hey, this might be the case, watch out for it. Nobody told anyone that, hey, you know, this specific location downtown, you know, putting out an alert. We're running low on paper, so here's another location you should go vote here. No, all we got was people showing up, people standing in line, and then being turned away. It's not illegal to turn somebody away and tell them go somewhere else and vote because we don't have the ability for you to do it here. But it is a type of, of voter suppression, as some would argue. So they knew that there would be a ballot paper shortage. This was October 27th. Why would there be a ballot paper shortage? Well, because of the pandemic, it says. A tight supply of paper has left little room for error. And this is coming directly out of Phoenix. A paper supply crunch is testing the preparedness of U.S. election officials and exposing a key vulnerability in America's democratic process as midterm voting gets underway. Now, here's an article from Politico. This is from yesterday. An Arizona judge rejected a lawsuit from Republicans looking to keep polls open in the state's largest county 
after some ballot tabulation scanners suffered glitches earlier in the day. That was Tuesday. And uh, we're not talking about just some. The problem occurred in 27% of locations. 60 of 233 voting centers had tabulation machines that did not work, that could not count the ballots. So Republicans filed a lawsuit, an emergency lawsuit in court on Tuesday. They wanted to keep the polls open in Maricopa County County, till 10 p.m. Same kind of a thing happened in Pennsylvania. However, a court in Arizona rejected the lawsuit to extend hours in the state's largest county. However, in Pennsylvania, the opposite happened. A judge in Pennsylvania ordered the polls to be kept open in one county for an additional two hours after election officials ran out of paper earlier in the day. So in Arizona, they run out of paper. At some places, they have tabulators that aren't working, about 27% of them, 60 locations. That's an immense amount of locations for everything to simply malfunction all at the same time, a certain percentage to malfunction at at the same time. If it was all at one place, uh, you know, that might be suspicious. So a few here or there, it's not as suspicious. You know, there's issues. So one machine goes down, you know, somebody spilled their drink on it. I don't know. But the courts would not let Maricopa County keep their polls open later. In Pennsylvania, though, which apparently is super Democrat, they are letting the polls stay open later in some of these counties to collect more of the vote. Maybe there's something nefarious here. Maybe there's not. But They had the same issue in Pennsylvania, and a judge said, yes, you can keep the polls open. In Maricopa County, they said, no, no, you can't keep those polls open. Whoever got turned away, if they're not in line, too bad. They don't get to vote. A lot of inconsistencies here. According to the Arizona Mirror, Maricopa County found a solution to the ballot tabulating problem. Uh, They're going to take the unscanned votes, and they're going to count them in a different way. According to this article from the AZ Mirror, there were problems tabulating votes, tabulating ballots at a third of all voting centers in Maricopa County. That's a lot. Vote counting machines were having trouble tabulating the ballots because the timing marks on the ballots, the black lines on the sides that tell the machine where the contents uh, or the contests and the contents of those contests are located so the machine can tally the votes and they weren't printing, printing correctly. So the machines were rejecting the ballots. But would you like to know specifically what kind of ballots they were rejecting? Well, some of the ballots, specific ballots were being rejected. They don't tell us what those ballots were. They don't tell us whether those ballots were largely one party or the other. Now, is it not possible that you could program the system or hack the system, anything connected to the internet could be hacked, so that let's say you run a vote through for a blue candidate or a red candidate. And the vote for the blue candidate goes through, but the vote for the red candidate, the system just can't read that. So that vote for the red candidate, although it was cast legally, gets put into a special container, and then they're going to count it later. I'm sort of old enough to remember those boxes and boxes and boxes of ballots that were found on the side of the road or dumped uh, in a ditch in Florida back in 2020. 
all those Republican ballots that were dumped on the side of the road. Remember that? In other words, you can vote, but your vote doesn't go through the machine, so we're going to have to put that in a special box. I imagine most of those votes were probably Republican. Now, maybe that makes me a conspiracy theorist. I don't know. I know that one of the largest counties in Arizona couldn't also get enough Republican ballots to the polls during the primaries, a very similar kind of paper inconsistency. And as I said, I think this whole thing is about undermining our faith in the election system. And according to this ABC poll, 80% of people don't trust the system the way that it is. There are a lot of things that are wrong, and there are a lot of things that we need to still discuss on the show tonight. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. There's a lot more after this. Gable at yahoo.com, TST Radio at protonmail.com. Stay with us on The Secret Teachings. We're going to dig into even more the next layer of this when we come back from break. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. Hello, folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero, and call out to the follow back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi everyone, this is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio, and I am your host, Ryan Gable. If you'd like to contact the show, TST Radio at ProtonMail.com or RDGable at Yahoo.com, TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter, and Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Really would appreciate that. It would support what we do, and it would give you access to the ad-free shows and more. www.thesecretteachings.info My duty and my responsibility as a radio broadcaster, and at least this is how I feel about myself, my personality, is that I want to try to be balanced and objective about things, uh, to try to present you with uh, new perspectives and things that you may not have thought about before. That is my goal, especially when we talk about very divisive issues like elections and politics and things of that nature. You know, for example, you know, I've said um, FJB before as well. I've said FJB, but at the same time, that kind of rhetoric is not really helping anybody. And it's very divisive in the same way that people, well, they actually advocated for the death of President Donald Trump. Uh, I think the same kind of rhetoric used by the right is just as divisive and just as wrong. And I don't think we should be holding up the heads of presidents like Kathy Griffin, who good riddance to her uh, on Twitter. And I don't think we should be saying constantly F Joe Biden, F Joe Biden, F Joe Biden. Is Joe Biden a criminal? I believe he's a a world-class criminal. But that doesn't mean that in terms of uh, how we communicate about that fact, we should be using that kind of language because that is very much a turnoff for people. And if you want to get people to recognize what you recognize, using that kind of language does not help. In the same way that, uh, you know, I look out in Pennsylvania and I posted on Twitter yesterday, I said that, uh, well, we found out on Tuesday night that half of the population of Pennsylvania is mentally ill. And I stand by that tweet. I stand by that statement. I kind of think it's funny and I kind of think it's true. If you voted for Fetterman, I think you probably have a mental impairment. However, As many of you, my listeners, have pointed out, if you voted for Dr. Oz, you also probably have kind of a mental impairment. I also don't think that, you know, making fun of this Fetterman guy is probably the best way to handle um, the amazing fact that the guy was actually elected to the Senate, which I don't, I just don't believe that. I personally don't believe that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen video evidence of the electioneering in Philadelphia Uh, They stuff those ballots in Philadelphia like a fat person trying to get into a pair of jeans. There's no way that guy won the state of Pennsylvania. But I digress. The point is, calling my Uncle Fester, yeah, it's funny. Uh, You know, talk about the way he looks, make fun of him, fine. You know, you can make fun of me, talk about the way I look, etc. But that, that, that isn't really good political discourse either. And, you know, when I look at that guy, I almost feel sorry for that guy because he looks like some of these other people that have run for office, you know, Katie Hobbs running for governor here in Arizona, they look like they're so angry and sad or depressed and just out of it. Like they don't even care to be doing what they're doing. 
And I had a friend from Philadelphia tell me last night that they're already discussing that Fetterman might only be senator for a couple of months and then he'll step down, which under under uh, federal law, when uh, the governor then gets to appoint a senator until another election can be uh, had. And uh, his wife, who encouraged him to run despite his obvious mental impairments, his wife would be next in line because they would just pick his, who, who his wife. I don't know much about his wife, but I'd imagine his wife is probably more connected than he is. He's a brain dead zombie that they put up there to use and to abuse so that they could get her into power. It's a big, big possibility. And that's what makes me think like, you know, as a as a human, I, I there's almost part of me that, yeah, I, I feel sorry for Joe Biden and I feel sorry for Fetterman because the peop, these people are so mentally. I don't mean this like from an ideological standpoint. I mean, physically, um, they are suffering from severe mental collapse, severe mental decline, dementia, stroke, and inability to string sentences together, and they are being used. So when you make fun of Fetterman and say, oh, the guy looks like, <laughs> looks like uh, uh, Fester, or he looks like, um, you know, he looks like a cartoon character. Yeah, that's funny, because he does. But if you're using that as your argument against his policies, that's not a very good argument. Besides, they're not even his policies. They're the policies of the people that control him. The guy doesn't even know where he is most of the time. Speaking of Fetterman and Joe Biden. So I feel sorry for these people because they're being used by a system so that when you make fun of Joe Biden for tripping over a wire or you make fun of Fetterman for looking like a cartoon character or what's that character from Fat Albert? You know, he can't take the sweater off. He doesn't know what's underneath of it. Kind of like that. You know, it's funny, but you're actually playing into the hands of the people that have their hands up the rear ends of people like Joe Biden and Fetterman. That's why they use them as puppets, because you'll attack them. It's obvious. It's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's a comedy show. It's a joke. It's a circus. It's a clown world, whatever terminology you want to use. And they know that you're going to make fun of them and mock them. And when you're doing that, you're not paying attention to whose hand is up their ass. That's, I think, what is happening with people like that. And I think sincerely, sincerely, I think that's also what's happening with this lady here in Arizona, Katie Hobbs. I don't think that woman wants to be in politics. I don't think that woman wants to even run for governor. I don't think that woman really cares one way or another. If she wins, I think she is compromised and I think she is doing it because, well, that's just what you do. Your secretary of state, take a run at the governor's office. It's just what you do. They don't care. They're just being used. And when we make fun of them, like, yeah, Katie Hobbs is a joke. She looks like a character from Portlandia. She talks like this. And she's a freak. But at the same time, I also know her policies so I can intellectually debate and discuss those and simultaneously recognize that the woman is being used and abused, just like Fetterman, just like Joe Biden. I think that's so important to understand, or at least to hear me say that so you, you, you can recognize, hopefully, that I'm not sitting here tonight as a Republican taking a Republican stance because I feel that Republicans do very little, very, very little to actually bring people to their side and their, um, their point of view. Saying F. Joe Biden and calling 
Fetterman, the, you know, the uh, Fester and saying Katie Hobbs is, you know, I mean, she, she, if we're just being honest, she looks like some, she looks like some gay lady from Portlandia, really. I just, but at the same time, though those things are true, and I think that they're funny, it doesn't help us in the debate and in the, in the public arena, in the forum. What does help us, however, is trying to understand inconsistencies, such as how Gallup can show us consistently that 79% of Americans are upset with the direction of the country, that Joe Biden's approval rating, according to Reuters, is 38, 39%. And that only 20% of the entire country has confidence about the election system. 80% has no confidence. How is it that Joe Biden can win so many votes, an overwhelming majority, but 80% of the people in this country are not happy about the election system? The integrity of it. They don't have faith in it. Yes, these are data points. These are statistics. They can be manipulated intentionally or unintentionally. They can be distorted. They can be taken out of context. I get it. I get it. I get it. But in theme, when you have the consistency of about 8 out of 10 people not believing that elections are fair and 8 out of 10 people believing, and this also aligns with exit polls from the midterms on Tuesday, like it's like 7, seven 8 out of 10 people don't believe the elections are fair. That's exactly what was found in the ABC poll, that's what was found in the Gallup poll, and that's part of the reason that Joe Biden has such a low approval rating. This is what the American people actually think. But the American people are being told by Joe Biden, they're being told by the mainstream media, you just need to shh, be quiet, not ask any questions, and we're going to figure out the results of the election when we figure it out. So just calm down, and we'll handle this. Shh. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. And we know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. He said that last week. November 2nd, this was posted. We won't know the winner of the election for maybe even a week, a couple days, because we have to count the mail-in ballots. But let me tell you what's happening here in Arizona. I went to an election watch party on Tuesday night. I stayed there from about 5.36 p.m. until about 1.32 in the morning, and then I drove home here to Tucson. And during that entire election party, All you saw in the local reporting of the ballots being counted was that the Democratic Party for Secretary of State, Attorney General, Governor, Senate was taking massive leads. Like Mark Kelly was up by 40 points. I don't like Mark Kelly, but I also really don't like Blake Masters that much. He was down by 40 points at the beginning. The difference was so big, Mark Kelly, when only a few percent of the vote was in, actually gave a victory speech. This was early in the night Tuesday. Okay, He didn't have Ron DeSantis numbers. He had numbers that came from mail-in ballots. So Joe Biden is right 
mail-in ballots are being counted first after the polls close. The problem with his statement and the implication that it's going to take a long time, how did they know it's going to take a long time? That it's going to take a long time after the polls close, several days, maybe a week or more, is inaccurate, though, because they already counted the mail-in ballots. So why is it taking so long to get results? Part of it's because the remainder of the ballots are drop-offs day of or people that voted in person day of and got a ballot when they came to the center. And the difference between these two things is the early ballots that gave the Democrats a big lead were overwhelmingly Democrat ballots. The remainder of the ballots, especially in Arizona, where almost every race is a razor edge, the governor race is a point. All the other races are just a point or a few points means that the remainder of the votes should overwhelmingly go toward Republicans and push them over that razor-thin edge. So back to what Joe Biden said, it's going to take a long time because the mail-in ballots. Well, they already counted those, so what are we waiting for to get the rest of the count? This is what makes me suspicious of something nefarious going on. Because they're going to count those ballots. And it's very likely, whether by the end of tonight's show or by sometime tomorrow or Saturday, we're going to know for certain who the next governor of Arizona is going to be, who the next secretary of state is going to be, who the next senator is going to be. But you notice the inconsistencies of they already gave a victory speech for the Democratic senator, although the margin is razor thin still with all the ballots left that are probably we can assume, based on data and statistics and and consistency in people who tend to vote in person, those are going to go toward the Republican, which means his victory speech is going to be a moot point. So why give a victory speech? What I think is happening here is that the waiting process, that is, if there's a conspiracy or something nefarious, the waiting process is what's nefarious. The waiting process, every single hour, this is all over social media. Everybody I know is asking the same question, even if they're not here in Arizona. People I know from West Virginia, one of my oldest friends in West Virginia, people in Florida, people all over the country, people in New York, people I know all over the country asking me the same thing. What is going on? Why can't you get the, they've counted 1% of the ballots in the last 24, 36 hours? How? You could count them faster by hand. They say, Maricopa County does, that they have to verify the the signatures. Well, if that's true, then you shouldn't have had a full count of the mail-in ballots night of. So you had a full count of the mail-in ballots for Democrats the night of, but for the mail-in ballots or the drop-off ballots from the mail and the in-person voting, which you don't need a signature verification, for all of that, it's going to take several days to count, which is exactly what happened in the primary. Within hours, the Democrats had the number of votes to get Katie Hobbs into the general election. Same thing with Mark Kelly. But for the Republicans, that's going to take several days. It took like 30 hours to count Carrie Lake's ballots. And maybe it's because she had a lot of them. Okay, maybe she had a lot. Maricopa County could 
easily count the remainder of the ballots that are not drop-off ballots and give you a pretty good idea of who's going to win. It's already been projected by several newspapers that the Republicans are probably going to, if not sweep, win most of the offices in Arizona, but they still officially won't tell us. Even though this state was called for Joe Biden in like the first few hours of the 2020 election, but they can't call an election for certain people like Carrie Lake, whether you like her or not, even though the votes that are remaining should be like massively Republican. So what's going on here? There's something weird. There's something smelly. There's something fishy. And for the record, I'm a registered independent. I uh, registered as a Republican in the primaries, and then I did vote for Carrie Lake. But then I got down to the rest of the, the ballot, and I thought, oh, my God, Mark Kelly and Blake Masters, I don't like either one of them, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. Uh, what's the guy's name, Mark Finchman? I don't really like him either. Uh, to, to, to tell you the truth, uh, Blake Masters, I've seen him in person. He gives me some, he gives me a similar kind of feeling that Mark Kelly does. It's like kind of a sleazy feeling. And we know, yeah, billionaires are financing his campaign. You know, I, I, I don't trust most of these people. Okay, I don't trust most of these people. I do, I do like Carrie Lake. I think she's going to be a fantastic governor. I just don't really trust the rest of the people <laughs> that uh, are running for office. And maybe I shouldn't trust her if she trusts them. I don't know. But I did vote for her. So I'm being transparent about this. I just don't really like the other people. Nevertheless, people like um, Mark Kelly with a razor-thin margin, maybe a little bit larger than the governor margin, um, should probably, theoretically anyway, lose to the Republican once they count those ballots. But they're just holding on to them. They're just holding them. You know, they're just holding them. And everybody's asking why. We're just waiting to figure out why that is. I woke up this morning. We were supposed to have a vote count in this morning. Nothing changed. They just keep holding on to them, holding on to them. We got to verify the signatures, verify the signatures. Well, how did you calculate hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots within hours of the polls closing Tuesday night for Democrats, but you can't calculate about the same number, some of which will still go to Democrats, but a lot will go to Republicans. And this is Thursday night into Friday morning, so that is... Wednesday, Thursday, we're talking about over 48 hours later, and they still cannot get a count on the remainder of those ballots. That is suspicious. That is potentially the smell of something nefarious. My goal here tonight is not to tell you there's some big conspiracy. I really don't think there's a big conspiracy. Not everything has to be rigged. And I don't know why I have to say that. I think that should be pretty obvious. You don't have to rig everything if you are going to rig something. You know, th this, this, um, this idea here that I'm expressing to you is something particularly for people who think everything is, is rigged and they still think Trump is the real president or whatever the case is. You don't have to rig everything. You know that, right? You, I mean, even if you watch 2,000 Mules, we're just talking about a few thousand people with geolocation data that's proven this, that go to ballot boxes several times and drop off stacks of ballots. Which has led me to think, because this has been proven 100% in the state of Arizona, what they're doing is they're holding on to these ballots to create a narrative 
so that when we come down to the very end, if there is ballot stuffing, if you will, ballot box stuffing, there's going to be such a razor thin edge between the Democrat and the Republican, Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake, who the establishment is apparently and the Republicans even are terrified of such a razor thin margin that they'll have just enough ballots to get Katie Hobbs over the hump. Mm, just enough. That's why they're waiting to count them, because they want to see how many Carrie Lake actually got. So they got to see how many they have that can compete with that so they can get Katie Hobbs just over that edge. And then when Carrie Lake calls foul, she's denying the election. It's already probably going to go to court anyway. And the whole thing, the whole thing, whether she's right or not about there being fraud, if there is fraud, whether it's a conflict of interest for Katie Hobbs to oversee her own election, which is unbelievable. Even Democrats have told her to step down. All of it undermines our faith in the system. You see how it works? It doesn't matter if you're a Republican. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. It doesn't matter if you did or didn't vote for Joe Biden. It doesn't matter if you voted for Joe Biden, but you don't like him now. It doesn't matter who you are or what you believe. All of it undermines our faith in the system. I don't even think it's necessarily about getting certain people elected who are Democrats or for that matter, who are rhino Republicans, I think it's about undermining faith in the system because you don't need everything to be rigged. You only need to nudge the numbers a few percent, just a few, in the direction that you want them to go. You select certain reports for the media to cover, so this is where everybody gets their news. You have people running for office giving victory speeches before even half the votes are totaled. You have talking points like trust the election, trust the process. You have proven election uh, electioneering, illegal um, campaigning outside of a, of a voting center in Philadelphia, proven on video. You have tabulators in Maricopa County unable to process votes, justifying longer delays. You have people being turned away because paper isn't available in both Pennsylvania and in Arizona and other places. And this is happening in certain specific areas in Arizona and theoretically in the future or in the past, if you've found cases of this. You do this in certain areas where you know Republican voters are going to be higher or Democrat voters are going to be higher if you're trying to cheat for one side, let's say. So it's not illegal to run a paper, but if you run out of paper in places where Republicans overwhelmingly vote, maybe you can get uh, 10% of them to not vote because they don't have enough time to come back. And they don't trust in mail-in ballots and drop-off ballots, so that's 10% that aren't going to vote. I'm just giving you some ideas here. I want you to think about this in a different way. For some reason, tabulators are broken in Maricopa, but they counted all the Democrat mail-in ballots first night I mean, they didn't even break out the, the champagne yet or the food or anything at the election party I was at. And somehow, before they even popped the champagne bottles or there was balloons or confetti, they blew confetti off you know, onto the stage. Even before the confetti came out, Katie Hobbs had a huge lead. They counted all those with all these machines down. 27% of the machines, the tabulators were down, but they counted all of Katie Hobbs's ballots, just like in the primary. Funny thing is, she's overseeing the election. Is that a coincidence? So there's a lot of things going on here. Are they trying to craft a narrative with certain people giving election uh, election day victory speeches before the ballots are collected? So people think, oh, they won. 
So if anything happens, they're going to cry foul. Oh, the Republicans stole the election. And whether or not that's true, doesn't matter. Oh, the Democrats stole the election, which if I had to put my money on something, that's what's happening between the, the two gubernatorial candidates uh, because the woman that's running for governor is overseeing the election. I'm pretty sure that she's engaged in some severe, massive election fraud. I mean, she also you know, sent out the faulty ballots and all that before the election started, messed up the primaries, uh, couldn't get Republican ballots to certain places where Republicans vote in mass. Very suspicious stuff. Or just gross negligence, incompetence, or the, there is an intelligence behind the incompetence and the negligence. Or basically, you have a few machines that just don't read a certain percentage of the ballots. And this is confirmed up in Arizona. And this is confirmed up in Maricopa County. Some of the machines, oh no, they just they couldn't count um, some of the ballots. They, they processed about, uh, about 25-30% and the rest they just can't read. Maybe it's a conspiracy theory, but I would imagine just like those 10,000 deregistered voters right before the election, I'd imagine that most of them were Republicans because that was Katie Hobbs' fault. And I would imagine that most of the ballots they couldn't read were probably Republican in the same way that all the, I don't like George Bush. I think George Bush is a war criminal. I don't like Al Gore either. I think he's a profiteer off of fear and, and terror over the climate so-called issue. But I'm pretty sure that... Um, there was a lot of election tampering in Florida. And I remember vividly sitting at the dining room table when I was a small kid, looking through the little window into the living room where the TV was. I was eating breakfast or something. And I remember hearing about this. I didn't know anything about elections. I was like nine years old. And I remember hearing about all the George Bush ballots that were just found on the side of the road. I, was in, I bet I could probably pull up the story. I was in Tampa. And they found like thousands of George Bush ballots just dumped. How would they get there? Well, you go vote in person and the machine doesn't take your ballot and they program it to, for as an algorithm. So you put 10 Katie Hobbs ballots in, one gets sent out. You put 10 Carrie Lake ballots in, seven gets sent out. Something like that, you know? So they're, 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 both parties are seeing ballots spit out, but it's a much higher percentage for Republicans. So then the Republican ballots, they go into a box and then they get taken downtown, right? They get taken out back. They get taken for a ride. And then they whoo, vanish. When we come back from break, I want to tell you what happened to me when I went to vote in the general election. They had sent me a ballot. I took that ballot in as an honest citizen. And I said, should I vote right now with this ballot? Or do you need to give me a new ballot? Long story short, they said, here's your new ballot. We want that ballot. I said, well, I'm going to rip it up. You can't do that, sir. I'm going to draw all over it. I don't want, I don't want there to be any you know, potential use of this thing as a, as a, you know, a ballot to cancel the, the vote I'm about to cast out. Oh, no, sir, you have to put that in this bag with all these other blank ballots we've confiscated from people. They literally wanted to take a blank ballot in my name and send it downtown where it would be, quote, processed. I got the whole thing on video, folks. To me, there's something suspicious and smelly there as well. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm trying to bring you a balanced perspective on this issue, especially because I'm here in Arizona and especially because of what I've experienced and also because this affects 
us in ways that we don't think about. Sure, a lot of people are just two bowls of crap, but this is the system of governance we have. And if you have an issue with paying your bills and gas and basic necessities, you need to be aware of the types of policies and the types of people that are enacting those policies that are making that a reality. More secret teachings when we come back from the break. I'm Ryan Gable. Stay with us. Listening to the Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food Philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with the thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Come on, man! As I've been saying tonight, not everything has to be rigged, not everything has to be a conspiracy. In fact, I think that there are very few things that are actual conspiracies on the level that we tend to assume by listening to alternative sources of information other than the mainstream media and political pundits. Not everything has to be rigged, not everything has to be some conspiratorial nefarious plan. You only need, if you are going to do such a thing, like gravity, chaos just needs a little bit of a push. And that's how, well, election tampering or election fraud or something to that effect also takes place. It's like gravity. It just needs a little nudge, a little push. You just need select reports from the media. You need victory speeches before the votes are even sort of totaled. And the media perception and the victory speeches will help to cultivate a perception that a particular candidate or party is winning so big that if the other party claims they've won, then they are claiming election fraud or they're an election denier. You need talking points like trust the process. Talking points aren't illegal. Victory speeches, they might be a little, you know, distasteful, but they're not illegal. The media reporting things inaccurately 
should be legal, but nobody gets in trouble. And when tabulators go down, it's just, oops, technology didn't work. That's not illegal. When paper is uh, unavailable on election day, that's not illegal. When you tell people, hey, you can still vote if you stay in line, but we're out of paper here or our tabulators aren't working, you'll have to come back later. Well, that's not illegal. As long as you tell them you can't vote. You know, if you, if you tell me you, you don't tell them that, if you tell me you can't vote, then yeah, that's illegal. But, you know, when paper runs out or when a tabulator goes down or when you give a victory speech before the votes are even basically uh, the polls even close, <laughs> polls even close as Mark Kelly did. He just gives as soon as the polls close, we, we won. And when the media is reporting things dishonestly, none of this stuff is illegal. Do you see what I'm saying? These aren't really things that you can, at least on the surface, unless you dig further and do an investigation, if you find out it's intentional, that's different. But on the surface, running out of paper, folks, is not illegal. And telling people, come back later, is not illegal. And giving a victory speech, although you might scratch your head why, before even half the votes are total, is not illegal. Do you see what I'm saying? None of this stuff is illegal. But these are the ways that we can derive that illegal processes can be carried out under the guise of accidents, mistakes, and just really bad journalism. We need to be careful when we use words like rigged or fraud. When we use words like stolen. Oh, the election was stolen. Oh, there was fraud. Oh, it was rigged. You know, these are narratives also. And these narratives help to bolster and support those that you believe are rigging, those that you believe have stolen, and those that you believe who have engaged in fraud. It helps to elevate and helps to strengthen and stabilize their political narrative. And vice versa. It all plays in together. For example, here in Arizona, Maricopa County still has yet as of tonight, to finish counting their ballots. Tuesday night, there was a huge lead for Democrats. At one point, it was like a quarter million votes, something like that. It was hundreds of thousands. When I got home from the election party in Phoenix, up near Scottsdale, I get home to Tucson. It's a two-hour drive. I turned all the radio stuff off. I started listening to uh, uh, music in the car. And as I'm on my way home, I get a notification on my phone. A couple people are texting me. People are tweeting at me, sending me messages, telling me about what ballots are actually being counted. Most of the ballots that were being counted, or at least reported, all the ballots being counted, but most of the ballots being reported were mail-in ballots, which are overwhelmingly Democrats. So that's why the Democrats had a huge lead. That same night, while they're counting the Democrat ballots, Mark Kelly the senator here in Arizona running for re-election, gives a speech claiming he won based on mail-in ballots alone. That same night, Twitter is on fire, at least in my algorithm, with people telling Carrie Lake to concede to Katie Hobbs, the Democrat in the election. With only a few hundred thousand mail-in ballots processed, the Democratic Party gives a speech of victory for one candidate and tells the Republican opponent of another candidate, concede, you lost. 
I mean, this is immoral, it's unethical, it's wrong, but it's not necessarily illegal. It's super deceptive, super manipulative, and it's also indicative of the fear that they have that they're probably going to lose. So when I got up Wednesday morning, I saw that that massive lead of hundreds of thousands of votes, it was like 155 when I went to bed, dwindled down to a very manageable uh, like 10,000. And then it dropped down to 3,000. And at no point, and at no point as the Democrat lead shrunk from all those mail-in ballots that were overwhelmingly Democrat, did the mainstream media here in Arizona, the local media, any media, talk about how that lead is shrinking so quickly. Oh, there's a ballot drop here, ballot drop there, but not how it shrunk so fast. And then Carrie Lake goes on to, she's the Republican for governor, Republican candidate. She goes on to Tucker Carlson and says, we're probably going to win this thing because, I mean, you look at the votes uh, that are left to, to count and they're from day of, which are overwhelmingly Republican, and they're from drop-offs, which are about two to one Republican. We, we're probably going to win this thing. Within like an hour of that, they have a big drop, and the big drop is Katie Hobbs grabs 8,000 new votes. She takes a big commanding lead of 11,000. Then the funnier thing is, they announced last night, before the end of the night, Maricopa County has about 275,000 ballots that were drop-offs to count, and they're mostly Republican. Now I sound like AOC whispering, let me tell you something about capitalism. Most people don't know what capitalism is. They don't know what socialism is. Well, Maricopa County can't count their votes, apparently. No, they can count just fine. That, this, is, this is the issue. They can count fine, okay? The problem here is they know that the Republican ballots are largely in the, the majority in those stacks they have left. So they're holding off. They've given the victory speech. They've told Carrie Lake to concede. And they've barely covered the comeback in the media to give the impression that the Democrats are up, the Democrats are going to win, and most of these races don't even think about the rest of these ballots containing any kind of uh, chance or hope. Although that is the reason why they can't call this state yet, because they are holding on to the ballots like um, like when I was a kid and I would mow lawns or I'd do something for somebody and you know you make like over a couple of weeks, make like 40 bucks and then go buy like a PlayStation game. And I'd go to, um, I don't know, like a Target or Walmart to get the game. And as a kid, like I put so much, you had to learn the value of the money, right? Put so much work into earning this money. You know, somebody gives you a 10, somebody gives you a five, somebody gives you a couple of ones, maybe something your parents give you a 20 or something. So you got this stack of money, it took you so long to earn it. And then you want this video game and they're giving you the video game and, and you're just like so reluctant to turn over the money. <laughs> I'm like, I earned this money. though. I don't want to give you the money. I earned this money, but then I'm going to get the video game. So it's okay. It's kind of like that with Maricopa County. They're just like, no, these are, these are our ballots. You don't get to see these ballots. These are our ballots. Well, okay, but you got to count them. Well, we'll count them when we're ready to count them. We're not going to give you these ballots yet. We have to count these, okay? So you got to be patient, okay? That's what it feels like is happening. And I played for you earlier. Joe Biden said, hey, look, we're going to need some time to count these ballots. You know, mail-in ballots, overwhelmingly, uh, this is how people are voting. So just give us time. But his statement is only a half truth. A lot of people are voting with mail-in. But the problem is it's not taking a lot of time because of the mail-in ballots. They already counted those in Arizona. 
and those are largely Democrat. And even with a largely Democrat mail-in ballot list, there is still a razor-thin margin between the two parties. And the remainder of the ballots should probably overwhelmingly, I, I imagine, if I'm going to, pre- let me, pre- it's fun to predict, let me predict something. I predict Carrie Lake is probably going to win by a point and a half, maybe two points when it's all said and done. That's my prediction. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I don't really care one, one way or another. That's just my instincts tell me. One point, two points, somewhere around there. But it's so razor thin, and they're, they're like, no, these are our ballots. You can't see these ballots. Oh. It's just like, you know what Maricopa County is like? It's like that episode of SpongeBob when he has to write the essay. What I learned in boating school is blankety, blankety, blank. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I was thinking, what, what does he, it's 10 words. Like it was what, or what was it? It was like, what I learned in boating school is, it was, it was yeah, he had to write a 10 word essay. And I never, I was like, what are the other three words? And then I realized as I got older, I was like, oh, how to drive. <laughs> what I learned in boating school is how to drive. And there's a scene, there's a scene um, in that episode where he writes it. So he's, he, he, he writes it all out. When he gets nervous, it's wrong. So Mrs. Puff comes over and, and she's like, did you finish? He's like, yep, I'm all finished. Holds up the paper. And she says, all right, let me see. And he's like, no, it's not finished. And he crosses it out and he's all scared. He's going to fail his test again. It's like Maricopa County. They're like, we're like, all right, is, is, it, is it all over? You got the ballots? They're like, yeah. Uh, can we see the results? No, no, don't look. It's not finished. No, don't look. It's not finished. I don't understand. You can count all the ballots for the mail-ins that are Democrat, just like in the primaries. But when it comes down to counting the in-person ballots, oh, we need time to verify the signatures of the drop-offs. Well, you, you verified the signatures of the mail-in ballots within hours on Tuesday night. Why can't you do that in the 48 hours after Tuesday night? This is why people don't trust the system of elections that we have. And that, I think, is where a lot of people just fall off. I keep going, though. I think that's the whole point. You're not supposed to trust the system. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to trust the system overall. I mean, I trust that Gavin Newsom very much won California. I trust that Ron DeSantis very much won Florida. I trust that uh, uh, a number of other very, very blue states um, definitely uh, had blue voters. I don't think there's any fraud. You don't need you don't need fraud in Portland to win Oregon. You don't need fraud in Los Angeles uh, or San Francisco to get Democratic votes. You need fraud in places like Maricopa County. You need fraud in places where you have the worst inflation rate in the country. You need fraud in places where crime and homelessness are relatively speaking new things that people aren't that used to. And they're coming from largely one political party rule here in the state of Arizona, both in Pima County and in Maricopa County in Phoenix in particular, downtown Phoenix. So you need fraud in places like that. Or you use places like that to stuff the box because the rest of the state is so blood red that you know you can't win unless you exploit the areas that you control. This is why the mayor of Rochester, New York, and the lieutenant governor of the state of New York both got arrested and were, the last time I knew, under investigation for campaign finance fraud, for the selling of drugs, for uh, uh, firearm possession, the mayor of Rochester. Uh, This is why famously you have people in positions of power like this that are 
hopefully in, in all and be nice in all cases, but hopefully these people get convicted of these crimes and they go to jail because that's the only way that they're going to stop. If there's no consequences to their actions and all they can tell you is we're going to need more time. Don't and, and don't worry. Joe Biden said it, too. They predicted this. They, they knew this would happen. That's the thing that's amazing. Joe Biden said he knew last week he knew that in places like Maricopa County, it was going to be real slow to get the vote. Well, if you knew it was going to be so slow to get the vote and that was going to make people suspicious, then why not prepare better to make sure that it's more efficient so people aren't suspicious? Do you want them to be suspicious? Because that's what it looks like and sounds like to me. It seems like they want you to be suspicious of it. And I think the irony here is there may not be any fraud at all in Arizona. Think about it. That's what I've been thinking about. There may be no fraud at all. There may be no ballot stuffing. I mean, there might be a few things here. There you know, kind of accidents or a few people stuff some boxes could be even Republican. But what if there's no think about this? What if there's there is no fraud at all in Arizona? And what if it's just a game? where they count the Democrat ballots first to give you the impression that they've got the massive lead. They take the victory speeches, the victory laps. They tell you that they're going to win and that their party is uh, totally in control. They believe in fair and free and honest elections. But then when the other political party gains ground, they don't talk about it or report on it. And as you get closer to the end, you release little bits of Democrat ballots here or there to keep that razor-thin margin of what you have left. And then knowing the rest are all Republican, you hold it off to the last possible minute. No, these are my ballots. You can't look at them. And at the very, very end, if there is fraud, you throw those into the mix to push you over the hump. They have to see how many ballots Carrie Lake got before they can, you know, manufacture the ones that they need or pull the ones they need out of a box somewhere. That's if they're fraud. If there is fraud, if there's not fraud, the whole point here is to make you wait and 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 wait to see what happens. And that undermines people's faith in the system. Nobody trusts Maricopa County. There are Democrats that don't trust Maricopa County. So why do you think that is? Do you know Maricopa County also, by the way, this morning started doing a recount? And somebody on Twitter asked Maricopa County, why is it you're doing a recount when you haven't finished counting like 30% of the votes. And the response to this was, we have to get started counting the votes again to make sure that they're consistent. If we wait until we're counting, done counting all the votes to begin with, it's going to take even more time to do the recount. My question is to Maricopa County, why not just employ the people doing the recount to do the real count and then take that whole group of volunteers and staff to do the full recount which should be much quicker after the fact, after you're done counting the remainder of the ballots. This is why people are suspicious. And it's so obviously suspicious that I think it has to be intentional, even if there is no fraud. You want my personal opinion? I'll tell you my personal opinion so people can cut it up and chop it up and tell other people what I am. Here's a clip of what Ryan said. Personally, I think there's fraud in Arizona. I think there was fraud with the election in 2020 in Arizona, and I think that there was fraud in this election that is ongoing right now. But what is that fraud exactly? I think because I've seen the geolocation data and I've seen the videos, I'm pretty sure that they were stuffing ballot boxes for the Democratic Party here in Arizona. That's why they knew, and the Republicans are complicit in it too, they knew that Joe Biden was going to, quote, win by a razor-thin margin before the night even began. And that's why here during this election, 
They are so scared to release the rest of the ballots because even with fraud, if there is fraud of that nature, of stuffed ballot boxes and things like this, they know that the in-person voting overwhelms that fraud. So these people, if they are committing acts of fraud in this manner with the fake, uh, or not fake ballots, but fake votes, uh, the real ballots, um, they don't have all that power and control. Overwhelming in-person voting or drop-off votes can overwhelm the the uh, artificial votes. However, I think the fraud in Arizona is more so a, na- a game of numbers and um, perception. Counting certain ballots first, waiting longer to count other ballots because you know those ballots are blue, those ballots are red. If we count these first, this will give us a massive lead for the blue people. And then others are like, well, you know, Maricopa County, there's a lot of Republicans that run that. Yeah, there are Republicans. Did I say that they are immune from this? Those those Republican GOP people are in the same exact cult that the Democrat people are in. Okay, this isn't about Republican and Democrat. This is about compromise, and it's about being compromised. And you don't have to just rig everything. Okay, that's a small, tiny little thing. And if you want to talk about rigging an election, you don't have to have any artificial votes. All you have to do is if you're the federal government, tell Facebook not to run that story. It's going to hurt Joe Biden. All you have to do is constantly lie about people and here in Arizona tell the public that your opponent wants to secede from the union, hates men and women, and hates the police, even though that's actually what the Democrat has been running on. She hates America and Arizona. She doesn't want there to be any kind of, uh, you know, uh, system of, um, of, of self-governance. She wants total control of everything. The woman's a freaking psychopath, but she positions her policy on her opponent. Classic technique. And the whole thing is about perception. It's all about psychology. The point is, there's different kinds of fraud. There's different kinds of rigging. It doesn't have to be with ballots being stuffed into boxes by mules in the middle of the night. It's victory speeches before the votes are counted. It's the media's portrayal of one party leading over the other with no context to what kind of specific ballots were counted. It's running out of paper, which they knew they were going to run out of paper. Phoenix, ABC News, October 27th, ballot paper shortage could cause problems on Election Day. They knew there was an issue with paper. So why did they act surprised? When 27% of these tabulating machines went down and many of them didn't have paper for the ballots. Why were they surprised when that happened? They knew it was going to happen a week before. Why were they surprised? Why were they surprised in Pennsylvania? And why would a judge in Pennsylvania allow the polls to stay open in Pennsylvania? In one particular place, Larzern County, for two additional hours, over that issue, but over the same issue and other issues in Arizona, not allow the polls to remain open. It's not illegal to send people home when you tell them you can come back and vote later. You don't have to stand in this long line. You might be able to nudge five or 10% of voters out of line. And if you do that in super conservative areas, for example, or super Democrat areas, super liberal areas, you can maybe cut a few percentage points off of how many votes that particular candidate or party gets in that area. 
And that's not really illegal. I mean, it would it's conspiracy to commit fraud and election tampering, all kinds of other things. Sure. But on the surface, there's no fraud. It's magic. You see how it works? This is really important stuff, ladies and gentlemen, because this is how the system works. And the whole point is it's not a red wave. It's not a blue wave. It's an eroding of our faith in the system by wave after wave of disinformation, misinformation, propaganda, and cherry-picked data. It's just... over and over again. And it turns our country perceptually into a banana republic like laughingstock. You know, if, if you look at a country like China, what do they call China? The, 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 the People's Republic. And what do they call uh, the Congo, the Democratic Republic of the Congo? You know how corrupt <laughs> the Democratic Republic of the Congo is? You know how corrupt communist China is? Ain't got nothing on our level of corruption here in the States, though apparently because we tell every, we don't even tell people this is a republic. You see the difference? At least in the Congo, which is run by warlords, human traffickers, drug dealers, and God knows what else is going on there. At least they tell people it's a republic. Even the commies tell people this is a repu- this is the people's republic. In our country, the Democratic Party won't even say that. They don't like the word republic. They're like nullifiers. They don't even like the Constitution. They want to go back to the Confederate Constitution, apparently. You notice that? The Democratic Republic of the Congo, the People's Republic of China. But in America, it's just democracy. Just democracy. Democracy is on the ballot. No, dip S. Democracy is the ballot. You know how you, quote, rig an election? You tell people, if you don't vote for us, you don't get democracy anymore. If you don't vote for us, your state's going to secede from the union. I mean, these are the kinds of arguments that the Democratic Party made prior to leading up to the American Civil War. If you don't give us what we want, we're going to overturn the system of government. We're going to secede from the union. This is what people have been told in 2022. Vote for us or you lose democracy. And it implies democracy is a good thing. I don't want to lose it. Voting rights, etc. That's the same thing that you heard in the 1820s and the 1860s. It's the same thing you've heard all throughout the 20th century. It's the same talking point of the same corrupt ideology. Except today, they don't even bother telling you this is a republic. They just say, no, it's a raw democracy, which is mob rule dictatorship, which even on the surface, as I said, it's worse here in the States than it is in the Congo or in China. Because at least there, they lie to their people and tell them it's a republic. In our country, the Democratic Party in particular, and the Republican Party, which ironically, republic, republican, they don't even talk about the fact that this is a republic and not a democracy. It's worse than China. It's worse than the Congo. They don't even lie to you about it. They just tell you up front because they've distorted your perception and the definition of what democracy is. Demos, mob rule. That's why they hate the Electoral College. They want California to select the president. These are the same people that were pro-slavery. These are the same people that were anti-federalist. Not that anti-federalists are the same as you know the types of people we have today. Totally different. But 
the idea of the anti-federalists is they didn't want there to be a federal government because they wanted to maintain strict state sovereignty. But that was largely because of things like slavery and uh, issues that were much more complex than, you know, just having political representation. They wanted to run themselves. And when they talk about things like 2016 was stolen from Trump by Russia, but 2020 was the best election ever, but two years of Democrat rule and we're facing a threat to democracy and there's no such thing as election fraud at all. Even, you know, that 2016 thing, that doesn't count. But um, uh, 2024 is going to be stolen, Joe Biden said, by Republicans. What is all this? It's an attempt to undermine your faith in the system. And remember, you don't have to do very much to accomplish that. You just need to try to control people's perception through victory speeches and select news reporting and tabulators going down and paper running out in certain political areas. It's different than just having mule stuff ballot boxes. It's more complicated than that. And it's very confusing when things are so razor thin anyway, federally as well, you know, between the, 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 the Senate is neck and neck when half of the country, um, less than half the country approves of Joe Biden's approval rating, which puts him in the minority and 80% of the country on average in every poll doesn't trust election systems and doesn't have any faith in the way that the country is being run. So something is going on here, something strange, something weird, something suspicious. I don't know what it is, but I do know that whatever it turns out to be, um, we're not supposed to question it. We're supposed to listen to what CNN tells us. But you see, that's our first votes, and that's the wonder of democracy, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. And I wanted to point that out to be a little bit of the crank in the room following Brianna there. Stay off social media, people, if you're trying to figure out, if you're trying to figure out, are there really issues with votings? Trust your local officials. Trust us here. Trust a news source that you know and trust, to be honest about this. They're doing their jobs and they're doing it right. So what was Brianna just talking about? Trust the news source that you trust. Trust the news source that you trust to be trustworthy. We're just going to need more time to count the votes. And we need more time because time is important. Time is necessary. I mean, with these kinds of talking points and the kinds of people like Fetterman and Joe Biden, who I sincerely feel sorry for, they're just being used as punching bags for the people that have their hands up their suit or up their sweater or in their sweater. They don't care about democracy as it implies um, representative government. They don't care about the Republic any more than the Congo or China. They care about power. And they found ways to both illegally, but also legally without any questions, like a perfect crime, subvert the rule of law. Great example of that is up in Maricopa County here in Arizona. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I didn't tell you my little story. I actually ran out of time and kind of forgot, honestly, but I went to vote and I brought the ballot they had sent me in the mail and they wanted to take it from me and uh, put it into a bag and take it downtown to destroy it. Long story short, I voted and then I went back over into the building and I asked the gentleman, I have this all in video, I said, I'm not going to leave here unless you can cite a law, unless you cross out Katie Hobbs and the names on this ballot. I want it completely blacked out because they told me they were going to spoil it and they, they didn't do anything to it. They stuck it in the bag with a little red mark at the top. So the guy was nice. He took them out of the bag. He wrote spoiled and drew all over them so they couldn't officially be counted, you know, blacked everything out so you couldn't really read it. 
Um, very suspicious. Sir, we're going to need these blank ballots to go downtown without any kind of supervision. I'm not supposed to think that's suspicious. And I'm a registered independent. Something is fishy. Something is wrong. But again, not everything is a conspiracy and not everything is rigged and fraud. And a lot of it's just psychology. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you in the next broadcast. Don't be afraid, be informed. Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings.